When divorce, separation, or a stressed family structure is present, often children experience the worst of it. Parents, while trying to be there for their children, often can't see past what's going on with themselves. This is Reclaiming Your Life with Don Christensen. Don knows firsthand about the issues that surround divorce, having experienced it herself as a young mother. Now, there is a forum for you to share and learn together. Here is your host, Don Christensen. Welcome to Reclaiming Your Life, a dawn of a new day for you and your children. I'm your host, Dawn Christensen. Today is my maiden voyage and first time on this platform, so let's hoist the sails, navigate the raging waters, or what I like to call the swells of life, and arrive at the calm of the sea, the paradise, the sweet spot. I'm so excited to bring to you concepts and tools to work through life's difficulties and challenges with each other and with your children. So there is so much I want to share with you, and I'm bursting to get started. So let's go. I am the owner of Divorce with Dignity, a legal document office. I'm a sworn officer of the court in California as a court-appointed special advocate for children, a divorce mediator, a consultant, and for the past 10 years, I've been improving the lives of individuals and families in my community with helping them go from a stage of anger and depression to self-worth and inner peace. Imagine a life without feeling worthless or being blamed for situations that are most of the time out of your control. Being the target of resentment or feeling regular resentment because of your social status, race, religion, color of your skin, being labeled as something that you um, is not aligned with your true character. So why can't we all just get along? Isn't that the huge mystery question here? No one seems to have the answer to that question. And we search outside of ourselves for the answer. Have you ever struggled with life in general? Of course, we all have. Have you built in so much anger and hatred or resentment that you make rash decisions? I did. At times like this, finding yourself seems to be the ultimate search. It's almost as if you don't have an identity or you feel like you're good for nothing. Feeling depressed can definitely be a result. And sometimes it gets to the point of suicidal thoughts. Well, you're not alone. I too have had these thoughts and struggles. I have felt unworthy. I have blamed myself, made really bad decisions, and have taken wrong turns, and much more. Tell me, do you believe that you're supposed to suffer for the rest of your life? I say no. Is it possible that those living the good life have never made mistakes? I sincerely doubt that. This leads me to ask, do you wonder as to why our suffering is this much? Like the world is closing down on us? Do we deserve to bear the pain of our lives past forever, such as the Greek titan named Atlas, who was condemned and caused to hold up the entire world for all eternity? The truth is, we don't. We can pick ourselves back up and create a meaningful life. It's never too late. All big journeys begin with small steps. When we were born, we were programmed perfectly. We had a natural tendency to focus on love. Our imaginations were creative and flourishing, and we used them. As we grew, however, we were taught to think thoughts like competition, anger, racism, separation, struggle, sickness, limitations, guilt, scarcity, expectations, death, and loss. And what we think in perpetual consciousness, or what we are told over and over again like a broken record, we begin to know and adopt inside of ourselves. Our brains are like biocomputers, especially when we're young. Our brains begin to adapt to what is be- it is being fed. Fear is what we learned. When fear is expressed, we recognize it as obsession, pain, abuse, disease, greed, self-loathing, corruption, violence, war. I'm confident that you can add to that list. This journey is the relinquishment of fears and the acceptance of love back into our hearts. I know that seems so simple to say, but remember, big journeys begin with small steps. It's become popular these days to blame everything on our parents. Believe me, I did. They are the new scapegoat. We figure it's because of them that our self-esteem is so low. 
if only they had been different, I would be brimming with self-love. Hogwash. We were raised by people who were raised the same way we were. Sometimes, in fact, it was the people who loved us the most who felt that it was their responsibility to train us to struggle. Why, you ask? Well, I've learned that this world is tough. I'm sure you've learned it too. And it seems as if we've had to become as crazy as a world or we'd never fit in or we would be swallowed up by it. Now, please understand that what I'm saying does not address severe abuses of a child. That will be in another show. With that in mind, if you take a close look at how our parents treated us, it was often mild compared to the way we abuse ourselves today. We sabotage and abort everything, our careers, our relationships, and even our children. We drink, do drugs, control, obsess, codepend, overeat, hide, attack. The form of the dysfunction is pretty irrelevant, but when you look at what it is doing to us and most importantly to our children... That picture can be terrifying. I know that sounds harsh, and it is. I'm not here to cater to your or my darkness. Believe me, I've had it. My purpose is to turn on a light that, having been trapped within you, is now ready to blaze forth. Isn't that exciting? I'm so excited for bringing this all to you. But before we go any further, I would like to share a little bit about my story. I'm in the middle of three children, so I was always either too old for something or too young. I was the limbo child. I grew up in a middle-class American family in the early 70s, laced with the overtones of a highly religious mother and a gradually noticeable alcoholic father. When I was old enough to understand the dynamics of my home life, it was pleaded with jealousy, violence, toxic emotional waste, blame, ridicule, and so on. I watched my parents perform the art of sabotage degrade, disrespect, and demoralize each other, so I learned to do the same. My mother's religion became a battleground for my parents' incessant badgering, name-calling, and domestic violence. There was a huge divide in my home, and I grew up rebellious. The dichotomy of my watching my parents abuse each other caused a subconscious and self-destructive pattern in me as I became an adult. I learned to be abused or accept abuse in my adult life, even from myself. Please know that my childhood wasn't always in turmoil. I do have fond memories of camping and fishing and my father teaching me how to survive in the outdoors. But there was always the fight wherever we went. So my most clear memory of growing up is that. I will be sharing more about my childhood and my perceptions then in future episodes, such as one called The Ugly Truth, the childhood, early childhood exposure to trauma and the effects into adulthood and health issues. But as most teenagers do, I felt I knew everything. I told my father if he refused to give out my hand in marriage and sign the necessary papers at age 17, before my 18th birthday, that I would go out and get married anyway. Well, he signed them. My ex and I got married and we both brought our dysfunction to the marriage. When I was 20 years old, we had our son and by the age 23, we were divorcing. Those three years were very difficult, and the divorce started the War of the Roses. The custody battle seemed like an unending journey, and I I found myself in court and other kind of processes for some reason or another being harassed and tormented by my ex who constantly accused me of being an unfit and unstable mother. Well, I accused him of being an unfit father, too, so the disdain and hatred ran deep on both sides. I felt I didn't have any identity. So I started to search for what, for um, help in figuring out who I was. I also wanted to be a better parent, and I wanted to help our son overcome his sufferings, searching for solutions for a happier life. From out of nowhere, an invitation to attend a personal development class came to me, and then that led to another, and then to another, and man, I was breaking through all these boulders in my life. Although at the same time, I was terrified at some of the things that I was realizing about myself. But instead of labeling them as my old programming had, as stigmas, or accepting behavior as it was and not looking at it deeper, I realized that, again, big journeys begin with small steps. So those were not stigmas anymore. They were all discoveries. 
I began to have my own identity and began living with a code of ethics that served me and my son, loving myself and others and steering away from judgments and blame. Once I was able to get right with myself, I turned to my relationship with my son's father. This was the one relationship that I could not walk away from. And at that time, it was very clear that my ex and I still had hatred for each other, and it didn't look like it was going away anytime soon. This had been a process since we got married. So what did I do? Well, we're going to take a short commercial break, but when we come back, you will find out what I did in this defining moment and the decisions that were made that redirected our lives. You won't want to miss it. See you in a minute. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath, emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. In fitness and health, we all deserve a second chance. Join host Michael Skog for the program, You Only Stronger. You always have the ability to start fresh, even if you slip up on your diet or fitness program. Even small steps taken throughout the day can help. Each show will conclude with weekly assignments that you can use and will want to hear your feedback. You Only Stronger airs live Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Reclaiming Your Life. To reach Dawn Christensen or her guest today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to LegalBeagle4212 at gmail.com. Now, back to Reclaiming Your Life. Welcome back. I'm your host, Don Christensen, and we previously were talking a little bit about my story. And I promised to let you know what I did in that defining moment and decisions that were made that redirected our lives. Please allow me to lead with these thoughts. Imagine a world without hatred. Imagine your life without hatred. Hatred kills us from the inside out. It affects our mind, body, and soul. When we're overwhelmed with anger and hatred, our minds and bodies are drenched with enormous stress and instability. We are unable to effectively communicate in any way, and we're consumed with what is known as the three R's. I'll get to that in a moment. There are some simple steps to overcoming hatred that will that I'll be sharing, but before I go there, Uh, You may recall an incident in around 2013. It had to do with a Florida man and and the the unfortunate events surrounding what happened leading to the death of a young black man. I am talking about the Zimmerman case. 
the acquittal of Zimmerman, whether you believed it was right or not, had caused more hate and more divide. This is only one example of hundreds, maybe thousands that could be stated here. But as I listened and watched the media plasters the Zimmerman case event on the TV and radio constantly, one of my favorite sayings came to mind by the great Maya Angelou. She said, hate, it has caused a lot of problems in this world, but it hasn't solved one yet. During my now over 20 years in the family, as a family law professional and certified divorce meter, child advocate, I have seen a lot of hatred and how it infects us and how it causes relationships to end. And I have not been immune to experiencing hatred in my own life. As I mentioned, when I was 17 years old, I married my son's father. Unfortunately, our marriage only lasted to the level of our immaturity. We literally hated each other. And when our son was three years old, we started our divorce. The War of the Roses. Are blinded by our own selfish ambitions, hatred, and inability to communicate, consumed in the three R's, we charted the course of destruction not only for ourselves, but for our precious son. We drug him right through the vortex with us, and the ramifications of our actions had a severe emotional and medical impact on him. He suffered from anxiety, depression, childhood obesity, stress-induced asthma attacks that caused him to be rushed to the hospital for treatments. He was failing in school, lacked focus, and was learning firsthand how not to communicate. He had started to lash out and was becoming angry. After five years of this pattern, and after my own self-improvement journey, I finally woke up realizing that we were the cause of this harm to my child, to our child, it just dropped me to my knees. We had put a stake in the ground, looking only forward, started communicating intelligently, letting go of the three R's we were both dwelling in. We started making positive agreements to redirect our lives and redirect the damage that it caused our child. With this new communication, we actually discovered that we both wanted the same things for our son and for each other. This decision had a profound effect. Within a short time frame, we were able to completely shift and reinvent our relationship as parents. And quite honestly, I don't even know if we ever had a relationship as parents because of the tumultuous nature of our relationship. As a direct result, our son's emotional and medical conditions healed We began leading our son to have emotional intelligence, teaching him positive communication skills that he would use for the rest of his life. We were his ultimate example, showing him that out of hatred can come haven, as we worked together for the purpose of our lives and all we who we affect. It is an honor today to tell you that my ex-husband is now my friend. My example is not everyone's outcome. There are times or circumstances that may not afford positive outcome that we were able to or that we wanted to attain. So as long as you are right with yourself and with your integrity and not residing in hatred, you will attain the feeling of freedom. I mentioned that there are simple steps to overcoming hatred. One critical element is positive and effective communication. However, part of what I discovered in my journey was that I first had to make the decision that enough was enough, and that happened when I dropped to my knees. Then I learned about the three R's and how they played a key role in our lives. My quest to reveal these three words are not managed, or if, sorry, if these three words are not managed at the first level, they can destroy you and everything around you. These three words are resentment, resistance, and revenge. Level one is resentment. This is a negative emotional reaction to what you think was said or done. I learned that resentment was a tool I used to make myself right and my ex-husband wrong. It caused me to be defensive, hostile, sarcastic, bitter, and even jealous. It was toxic not only to me, but to my son. And I started to see that it was even contagious as I spread around this emotional pollution. 
I started saying I instead of you when dealing with my ex-husband, and I didn't blame him anymore. Once I practiced this with him, he started releasing his resentment also. Level two is resistance. Resistance is putting up a wall or cutting off communication. Do you believe that when you resist something, you're in control? I used to believe that, but it's actually the opposite. When you resist, you lose control. You know that saying, what you resist persists? I didn't get that until I went through this exercise. When I harbored resentment and resisted the notion that my ex-husband had any good ideas or had my son's best interest in mind or that he didn't want to fight and so on, I was harboring that resentment and resisted him. A further example of my own resentment and resistance is what I um, was that I struggled with forgiving myself for the past and all of my past. I held on to guilt for things that I caused or didn't cause as a young child. I held on res- onto resentment for allowing other people um, of what they said about me to become my framework. I cut off communication with people and continued to isolate myself in my own self-pity. I resented myself because I allowed certain things to happen, feeling unworthy, and so on. Mimicking the pictures of myself that replayed in my mind of what others had told me for decades. That was a cycle, the hamster wheel, and I didn't know anything different at that time. But that resistance came, became revenge. The level three is the revenge. Revenge is the attempt to get even. It may feel good in the moment, but the price paid is high. Our acting purposely to harm another in some way will cause you to lose your relationships and in some extreme cases, land one in jail or worse. For me, revenge came in many forms. I lashed out at others, made myself right and them wrong, lost many good friendships because I th- all I thought about or talked about was my revenge towards my ex, which then became a whole new cycle of the three R's within those relationships. My choices that were um, that I made were unhealthy for me just because someone hurt my feelings or you know, told me that I couldn't do something or that they had to be right and me wrong. I even wished my ex would die at one point because I hated him so much for everything that he did to me and my son for years. Now the question is, where do you start when you've, so you don't fall into the trap of the three R's or what you can do when you're already in them? There's two simple tools that we used to escape falling into the three R's and managing resentment. The first principle is accepting responsibility releases resentment. When you find yourself feeling resentment, begin an inner search on ways that you may have contributed to the development of the situation. This has been extraordinarily helpful to me in avoiding placing blame on other people and focusing my attention on areas of my own improvement and growth. The second principle is accepting reality releases resentment. This one was an eye-opener for me. This principle has helped me when there was very little I had done to contribute to the situation after analyzing it with the first principle. Accepting the reality of it is what it is, acknowledging it as situational and not internalizing it helps you accept that whatever happened is not your reality. It's the reality of the situation or the reality of the other person. And that in itself helps your mind ward off feeling resentment towards something that doesn't deserve the energy you would have given it. By implementing these two simple tools, you can stop resentment at the helm and avoid falling into the trap of the two R's. These tools help free you of the ineffective negative emotional issues that cloud your mind and thoughts, allowing you to have positive and effective communication. Attaining a life of joy, happiness, and experiencing the best relationships you could ever imagine. Shifting your life from hatred to haven. I'm here today because I want to reach out to as many people as possible that have been in situations like mine. And and or that might have been in worse or less traumatic situations that I have gone through. Whether it's a horrific experience or a not horrific experience 
we only can label that in our own mind because we are the ones experiencing it. All I know is that traumas, no matter how big or small, need to be resolved and made peace with. We are going to be taking a short commercial break, but when we come back, I will share with you some methods in addition to the tools we just discussed so that you can employ them towards achieving the inner peace you seek. You won't want to miss this. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the Trauma and Beauty of Being Human with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests or people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Reclaiming Your Life. To reach Dawn Christensen or her guest today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to LegalBeagle4212 at gmail.com. Now, back to Reclaiming Your Life. Welcome back. Again, I'm your host, Don Christensen, and I am just beaming with excitement to share with you a few methods to employ towards achieving the inner peace you seek. But first, I want to read to you a quote from James Allen, a British philosophical writer known for his inspirational books and poetry. Mind is the master power that molds and makes, and man is mind and evermore he takes. The tool of thought and, shaping what he wills, brings forth a thousand joys and a thousand ills. He thinks in secret and it comes to pass. Environment is but his looking glass. Our thoughts are the most powerful tools we've got. I think so I can create awesomeness or horrendousness. But the bottom line is that it's through our thoughts that we create our realities. Our thoughts and belief dictate our reality. They did for me, and you, my friend, are no different. So if you want to change your present reality, you must change your thoughts and beliefs. I'm not talking about an exorcism. I'm talking about a new you, new perspectives, a fresh look and thoughts not the same self-sabotaging broken record that you've been playing for decades. I know some people may be protective over their beliefs and usually fairly crotchety with my suggestion that perhaps there's another version of the truth. 
Do you or do you say or have you said to yourself, I have terrible luck. I'm scared of heights. Marriages don't last. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm broke. My kids hate me or anything negative. Your ego starts to rationalize with you. So you tell yourself, are you calling me a liar? Do you see a hot boyfriend on my arm? No, you don't. I stink at relationships and so on with our language that we speak to ourselves. As long as this is your belief, that will be your life. And it is no one else's life but yours. You're responsible for your own thoughts. Your thoughts rule your mind, which feeds your ego that rules you. The moment you have the courage to start believing in the not yet seen, your reality will begin to shift. When you change your thinking first, then the evidence appears. What I've discovered that our biggest mistake is, is that we do it the other way around. We demand to see the evidence before we believe it to be true. For example, I wanted to see the evidence that my ex-husband wasn't a dirtbag before I believed he wasn't. Because I never believed he wasn't a dirtbag, he remained a dirtbag and the evidence that he wasn't a dirtbag never appeared to me because my ego wouldn't allow it. Everything you desire is right here, right now. You just have to shift your perception in order to see it be manifest. I know, I totally get it. When you take a leap and believe in the not yet seen, you are not supposed to know how it works or how to make it happen, or you would have already done it already. This is new to your mind, and it is flipping your ego on its butt. You are going to radically change your reality. Your only job is not to know the how. It is to know the what and to be open to discovering and receiving the how. You have to keep your thoughts directed on your goal. My ultimate goal was to have a good parenting relationship with my son's father. I did everything I knew how to do or learned to make it happen, such as as I decided the unwavering determination that it will happen. For years I wanted this, and the opportunity finally presented itself. I knew I had to get a handle on my thoughts and look at things differently with a different set of sunglasses or nothing would have ever changed. I became the change and positive things started to occur left and right. As Albert Einstein so suitably said, the world as we have created it is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. So get into the driver's seat of your brain. Tell your ego to get out of the way and start being the pilot of your life. Feel your pulse yet? You're alive. Welcome to your new reality. It's so great to meet you. So here are a few methods that we can employ right now towards achieving the inner peace that we want that begins with new perspectives in your mind, thoughts, and beliefs. So choose to have open and honest, responsible communication with yourself and others, but do it with finesse. And it's totally okay to talk to yourself. We all do it. Act as if, like I acted as if with the evidence with my ex-husband. If you want something badly enough, even if you don't have the evidence that it's possible to attain it, believe it anyway. Act as if. Put yourself in situations where you will meet people who can, t- who can make it happen or Stay wide open to the opportunities that can lead you to your goal. Pay attention to the opportunities. Live, eat, breathe, and sleep your vision. If you start feeling like a crazy person, remind yourself that you won't feel like a crazy person when you're doing whatever it is you envisioned yourself doing. Upgrade your environment. I grew up on this show, and I loved it, okay? But when you pull up to your home, do you hear the song of Sanford and Son playing? It doesn't matter if you're renting or owning the house or where you live, but do something to improve it that won't break your bank so you can feel more positive and enjoy your space. Paint the outside, paint the front of the house, plant some flowers, pull some weeds. I'll tell you what I did when I was totally disgusted with my backyard. I dug out a specific pattern of what I wanted around the tiny cement slab that they called a patio. 
I rented a dirt compactor from Home Depot and purchased a really long piece of wood that I had measurements for and that they cut for me for free. I also purchased a few stepping stones that were the same color as the cement slab. I went to Big Lots for potting soil, went to the dollar store to get a few outdoor parts, pots, went to a local rock quarry and got a half a yard of small decorative rock, pounded the dirt, dug a trench for the wood that I had got cut from Home Depot, treated the soil so the weeds would grow. I laid the black matting and organized the rock in my design. Then I laid out and secured the stepping stones, all to enlarge the existing patio. I went back to Big Lots for an amazing gazebo, planted some flowers, purchased a couple lawn chairs from, uh, again from Big Lots. And this, all of this with my sweat equity was less than $700 in California. I love my new backyard oasis now. It makes me feel like I'm in a miniature paradise. This is a method that has helped me in my meditation. Surround yourself with people who think the same or the way you want to think. When you hang out with whiners, bleakers, freaker-outers, life is so unfair, people... It's an uphill battle to keep yourself in a positive mindset. Stay away from people with tiny minds and tiny thoughts and start hanging out with people who see endless possibilities as reality. If you don't know anyone like this, start up a group. Go on meetup.com. Go to a network event and make some connections. Fair fighting. This one really made me giggle at first because I thought, um, yeah, right, like I can't fight with myself. But, oh, yes, I did. And sometimes I still do. Fair fighting with yourself is giving yourself the space necessary away from everything else for journaling or meditating or whatever on a situation to come up with solutions on your own terms that are not damaging to yourself. Fair fighting with someone else, um, spouse, partner, children, is equal time without interrupting. I used this method with my son. When he was a teenager, we got into, or we were not getting anywhere, and it blew up into an argument. We both wanted to be right. So I set a timer, and I said, go. He had three minutes, and he let it all out, and I had to sit there and be present and listen to what he had to say. When the timer went off, it was my turn. There was no interruptions and no yelling. Finally, after a few back-and-forth timer sessions, We stopped. We agreed that the argument was so insignificant, and we just said we agree to disagree. And it was done. Now, I'm not saying that this is the way or the outcome that every time we had our discussion, but it was an effective method that we used most of the time for deflaming the situation to come to a mutual solution, even if it was we agree to disagree. And I'm not saying that this is the end-all solution to fair fighting, but it can be a method used because it worked for me. Another one is dam up the crap stream. Be more conscious of the information you absorb and the information absorbed by your children. What blogs do you read? What apps do your children have on their phones? What shows do you watch or what your children watch? What shows, or, or sorry, what kind of movies? Or this is a good one. Who do you get advice or opinions from? I'll share with you, there was a time when I had to go to a family therapist because I was court-ordered to do so. I asked the therapist lady, what are your qualifications? She was taken back, and she just said she replied with her rap sheet of her education and whatnot. I said, no, what are your life qualifications so that I understand that you can have guidance to me in my situations in these sessions? She looked puzzled. So I asked her, are you married? Have you been divorced? Do you have kids? Are you from a broken home? Did you or have you done drugs? I really let her have it. Okay, if someone is going to therapize me, then you better be able to have life experience of what I'm talking about instead of being wet behind the ear or have no practical experience in life to render solid advice or guidance. You see, at that time in my life, I was so tired of being put through the jumping hoops of the court system that I didn't hold back. She replied that she was never married, had no children, and wouldn't divulge her own life history to me. So I fired her. I went back to the court and got approval for someone else for me to meet with who actually had life experience in the issues that I was facing. 
giving. Give to yourself or someone else. Positive affirmations, treats of coffee, if it's in your budget. Spend long overdue time in conversation with a trusted friend. Get a massage and smile for goodness sake. You got to tell your face you're happy, right? There are more methods that I will share with you in future shows, such as grid or chart out your life patterns, which was an effective method for me when I was going through a life crisis. These methods will also help flip your fear when you find yourself letting fears push you around or get the best of you. Break it down. Find out what you're really afraid of and flip it to make it work for you instead of against you. Show your fear who's boss. Feed your fear a, or feed your fear monkey a banana and tell him to go away. I will be discussing this aspect in a future episode of the show that you really won't want to miss. Now, you can also uh, implement these methods with your children, helping them grow deeper in trust with you, knowing that you are their ally in times of uh, desperation, direction, and navigation in this world. Your love and understanding and listening to them, actually seeing them for who they are or what they could be going through, the ability to read your children accurately because you are open to receive it so you can know in every moment that you can guide them with the answers they seek. Well, it's time for our last break. When we come back, I will share with you the parody of the sand crab, some food for thought, and introducing some topics to be discussed in upcoming shows. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Reclaiming Your Life. To reach Dawn Christensen or her guest today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to LegalBeagle4212 at gmail.com. Now, back to Reclaiming Your Life. Welcome back again. This is your host, Don Christensen. Wow, we've had some really deep discussions today. And you know what? We're just getting started. So to recap on what we have previously discussed, we went over a little bit about my story, which we'll go into in further sessions so that I, so that you know that I'm relating to you. We went over the three words, resentment, resistance, and revenge, and how toxic they can be if you reside in them all the time. We 
discuss two tools to managing resentment, which is the first level of the three R's, which is principle number one, accepting responsibility releases resentment. And principle number two, accepting reality releases resentment. So at this time, I would like to share a parody of a sand crab. And this has a really special meaning to me. Um, The sand crab that I observed was in um, November of 2012 while I was vacationing with my family in Hawaii. So I woke up early one morning, grabbed a cup of coffee and walked across the street to the ocean just to take a morning stroll hear the calming waves of the ocean and kind of like my own morning meditation before anybody was up and before all of our fun activities started for the day. The sand was untouched and smooth. From the evening's high tide, sorry, and I was the first to breach its structure. I noticed that two seals were on rocks nearby the shoreline, so I walked over quietly and observed their peaceful awakening. As I walked back towards where I was, um, where I came from, I sat on a large rock and dug my feet into the sand. Sipping on the last drips of my coffee, I looked down at the sand and noticed that where the sand was untouched by my footprints, there were thousands of tiny holes in the sand, as if a spiked roller had pushed along the sand. I lifted my feet and noticed that there was a sandy-colored, almost transparent little sand crab on the clump of sand on the top of my foot. I freaked out a little bit because I didn't know if this creature would bite me um, or if it was poisonous, etc., because I had never seen a sand crab like that. But I quickly calmed the fear and switched my thinking on observing this tiny, amazing creature. I released the crab back onto the sand where my foot dug it up. The crab urgently and immediately started boring back into the sand in the same area or spot, and within seconds it was secure under the sand, and another tiny little hole appeared above it. I'm assuming that this was its breathing hole. In my curiosity, I dug it up again, and the same repeated process occurred. I dug up a few more sand crabs in the area in where I was sitting, and they all did the same thing. Boring back into the sand. I started to reflect. This crab's entire life is building and rebuilding its home. The sand is trampled on all day by people, dogs, or other animals who don't even realize the crab is there. I didn't realize the crab was there until I dug my foot into the sand. As I sat on the beach for my morning meditation, I watched this fascinating creature constantly repairing its home. My thoughts again shifted inward, as these crabs offered me an amazing opportunity of reflection. I reflected upon all the times in my life that mirrored these crabs, building and rebuilding as life dug me up or passed me by, rebuilding what I allowed others to take or destroy around me. I gave these thoughts acknowledgement and then smiled because that's no longer my life. I have made the choice to honor honor and love myself more than choosing destructive behaviors or to allow others to destroy my structure again. I have now rebuilt my house on solid ground where I won't be dug up anymore. Now that we have taken a look at us, the adults, I would like to take a few minutes to touch on the aspects of our children. Although we're going to be getting into more discussions and more deep discussion about our children in future episodes, whether you have children or not. You may be a mother, a father, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a babysitter, a teacher. Your status is just that, a status or name that should not be taken lightly. It is your influences on any child you are around that is paramount. As I mentioned in my introduction, my passion surrounds children. I watched my son go through so much, and I have seen children suffer greatly from emotional turmoil by being exposed to all kinds of different traumas from an early age. Listen, life starts with you. It starts with you and me right here, right now. 
You cannot wait any longer. Our children can't wait any longer. It's time you reclaim your life and be the leader that you were meant to be. I look forward to having you here next week and future weeks where we will be discussing many issues. Some of them might get under your skin. It might cause you some discomfort. But there's a huge gap that needs to be crossed with this bridge that I'm going to offer. One of the segments is the ugly truth, early childhood exposure to high conflict trauma and how it affects their ability to deal with emotions in their adult life and or cause health issues. Dancing on a broken mirror. Are you a rear view mirror or windshield thinker? Will yesterday be like today? Or will today be like yesterday? The system. If separation or divorce is a consideration, what can you do and can you do it with dignity? How to protect yourself and your children. Dawn of a new day. Be the example. Our children are our future. Don't just raise them, develop them. And much, much more. And you will not want to miss the guest interviews that will be will astonish you, inspire you, and encourage you. Most of these guests will be real people dealing with or have dealt with these real issues faced in the segments, along with research information to back up the discussions. I want to leave you with this inspirational quote from Rocky Five, where Rocky Balboa is telling his son, let me tell you something you already know already. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are. It will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit you as hard as life. But it ain't how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the bottom line. We are the leaders of our lives. We are the teachers of our children and grandchildren. These precious beings look to us for leadership. They look to us to make sense of the world. We are their example and they are our future. Reclaim your life. Redirect the course of your ship. And for our children's sake, learn how to communicate. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Reclaiming Your Life. Be sure to join Don Christensen for another edition of the program next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we speak again, have a good week.